1: Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. website for details.
2: It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Makai Becton, ladies and gentlemen. Human beings that large should not run as fast as Makai Becton
1: did. And if you like people just abusing other humans, the Makai Becton
2: tape is for you. Denzel Mims with another monster score of 70 yards. Quick pass to Crowder, trying to get him out of the space. Slows a tackle, and there he goes. Crowder, it's a foot race, and Crowder is in there. A 69-yard touchdown. Donald escapes, trying to buy himself some time. End zone, it's
1: caught Incredible play by Donald! He'll hit immediately He got the handoff you know it's <laughs> The Q-inator. Oh my gosh Listen,
2: thank you
4: From the TOJ Digital Studio This is Play Like a Jet, my name is Scott Mason You can follow me on Twitter At play like a jet one And we're going to recap the game between the Jets And the Kansas City Chiefs as the Jets Fall by the final score of 35-9, the Chiefs Made it interesting for a little while in terms of the point spread, but in the end, they were able to get that last touchdown to seal the deal. I believe the point spread was something like 19.5 or 20 for most people by the time kickoff happened, so before that last touchdown, the Chiefs actually wouldn't have covered, but that last touchdown did the trick. Andy Vasquez from NorthJersey.com with me as always. Andy, this game felt a lot like last week where the Jets hung around in the first half, and then the Chiefs just put the pedal to the metal. The difference is, last week, the Bills didn't cash in the way the Chiefs did because they got a bunch of field goals. The Chiefs got touchdowns, and that's really what the difference was here and why the margin of victory was so much greater for the Chiefs than it was for the Bills last week.
3: Yeah, it was. It felt very similar. The Jets came out looking good, I think almost down to the numbers where Sam Donald completed 10 of his first 12 passes, which – was I think exactly what he did last week. And then it, it got ugly. Uh, he he'd completed 10 of his first 12 passes today. And then the Jets just really couldn't do anything after that. And it, it's a combination of things. Uh, they don't have a lot of talent. They obviously are poorly coached and Sam Darnold is not making progress. So that's how you go five games with one passing touchdown. That's how you go three games with one touchdown total. Uh, on offense it has been a very very ugly stretch of offense for this team and I could go on and on and on with numbers about how futile it is and and how bad it is but you're watching it you see it it's ugly it's bad Um, and just because they're they're productive early in games moving the ball I think we're almost giving them too much credit because they're not getting into the end zone and you can't win football games. This is obvious, but you can't win football games unless you score touchdowns and you can't stay in football games against teams like the Kansas city chiefs. If you have three possessions that get you into striking distance, and you can't get into the end zone on any of them early in the game. So basically once the jets fell behind by more than 10 points and were clearly unable to get into the end zone, this game was over and and that was, when a lot of games have been over for this team this season, uh, about midway through the second quarter.
4: It was a tale of two halves once again. And just to give you an idea, the Jets punted five times in this game. All five times were in the second half. Sam Darnold probably played his best half of football this entire season in the first half. Still didn't throw any touchdown passes, but looked relatively sharp for most of the half Second half, nothing was going on. You saw some early good runs by Frank Gore, a little bit by Lamichael P. Ryan, but in the end, neither one of them was very effective overall. Both guys had 10 touches for the game. Gore had 10 carries for 30 yards. P. Ryan, 8 carries for 27 yards. And then P. Ryan also caught 2 passes for 6 yards. In the passing game, we'll talk a little bit more about this later, Andy, but Denzel Mims had 2 catches for 42 yards. One of them was an outstanding catch for. For a 27 yard gain where he really had to contort his body to make the play but he was only targeted three times which made no sense to me meanwhile Braxton Berrios gets 11 targets he caught eight passes for 34 yards in place of the injured Jamison Crowder this was a really bizarre effort all the way around because you did see some players that showed you some bright spots, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. There's been a lot of talk about Quinn and Williams the past week or so, possible trade rumors. He crushed it again today, had an incredible stop on a screenplay where he dropped the running back dead in his tracks for a three-yard loss. Also had for the second week in a row a play where it should have been ruled intentional grounding, but instead he ends up just pressuring Mahomes into getting rid of the ball early and almost throwing a backward pass that would have been ruled a fumble so he continues to make outstanding plays on defense and his partner on the defensive line John Franklin Myers also showed up big time today the rest of the defense not so great although we did see some flashes from Ashton Davis Weird usage of him by Greg Williams, but we saw a nice play where he had tight coverage on Travis Kelsey, and so we continue to look for little bright spots here and there, and those were a couple of them. Overall, though, this was a team that in the second half just couldn't get anything going, and it felt like what we said last week, Andy. Once the adjustments were made by the opposing team, The Jets had nowhere to go because they're poorly coached, and they just don't have that much talent. And let's be honest, as I was joking about on Twitter, this reminded me of a game between Stony Brook and Kentucky in basketball about a dozen years ago. Kentucky beat Stony Brook by about 40 points, and after the game, the head coach of Stony Brook was asked what went wrong. And his response was something along the lines of, what can I say? They've got McDonald's All-Americans, and I've got guys that eat at McDonald's. And that's pretty much what this felt like. You had the Kansas City Chiefs, who are an elite football team with tons of playmakers all over the place. And you have the Jets, who have a couple of promising pieces, but for the most part, have one of the worst rosters in the league.
3: Yeah, uh, I think going back to Mims, that was, I want to go back and kind of watch that. And look at some of the tape And watch a little bit more closely To see how he was being covered What what the Chiefs were able to take away If, they, if the Chiefs took him away In the second hour after that Those first two big catches Just because you know, he's the only guy With any kind of offensive potential On the field um, That may have been part of it I also think that they may have been Using him running Mostly deep routes that just never Panned out but either way You'd think that the coaching staff would find a way to get this big target who has found ways to make impacts when he gets the ball involved, and they didn't because they're bad coaching staff. I mean, at this point, it's impossible to argue any other anything else. Gase is 7 and 17 here, I think, at this point. Um, I don't know if my math is correct on that, but, yeah, I think it is. And um, they are being out coached which is why teams are able to shut this down, like we talked about last week, why they ha- they'll have a little bit of success. Uh, but, but I think teams already know what they do in the red zone, what they do when they get close to the, you know, deep into enemy territory, and that's why they're getting shut down there. And, and when they mix things up to start the game, it doesn't take long for adjustments to be made. And, like, theoretically, there was a chance for the Jets to get back in the game early in the second half when the defense had a couple stops and and the chiefs were only up by 12, but the offense goes three and out three times in a row. It's the stuff that we've seen all along, but yeah, there were some promising signs. Quinnen, as we talked about last week looked great again. Uh, Davis had an up and down day, some nice plays. He he also got burned on the long touchdown after the fake punt Mm -hmm. where he got turned around pretty good there by, by Hill. And, uh, Les Austin, I thought, also had a nice game. Made some really nice open field tackles. Seemed to be reading the offense well. Kind of knew where to be, so that was also encouraging. But on defense, when you, when you give up 416 passing yards to Mahomes and there's still 11 minutes left in the game, you have not had a good day. Uh, and another fun stat, uh, Mahomes had like 135 yards passing on 9 of 10 in the first quarter and two touchdowns, and that's uh, more than Darnold had for the whole game. So, not not exactly uplifting, but also very telling about uh, where these two teams are, and um, we can talk more about this later, I, and I did write about it, but it's, it's pretty incredible considering less than three years ago, these two teams were, in a lot of ways, kind of in the same spot. The Jets beat the Chiefs at MetLife Stadium, and now the Chiefs have become the best team in football and and the Jets are the worst team in football. So if you can take anything positive from this, it's that it can turn around quickly as the Chiefs have proven, if you make the right moves and also get a historically good quarterback. And in theory to have both those things happen at some point in the next three years.
4: It's certainly something that Jets fans should at least keep their fingers crossed about a couple of random observations at the end of the half The Jets went for it on 4th and 4 from the Kansas City 45 When Kansas City had 3 timeouts left 19 seconds on the clock Insanely risky But on the other hand they were 0-7 So who really cares at this point Gotta take some risks that otherwise might not make any sense Christopher Herndon Boy, for a guy that we had such high hopes for this season He has just been as bad as you can possibly be He either drops the ball or fumbles it pretty much every time he's targeted. Today, he made his first impactful play in weeks, and that play was to fumble the ball away to the Kansas City Chiefs. He had a pretty solid rookie season. He flashed with Sam Darnold, had a couple of nice games. Last year, he was suspended, and then he got hurt, so he more or less missed the entire year. For some reason, we all talked ourselves into him automatically being a top 10 tight end, and it just is not working out here. I wouldn't be surprised if he's gone from the roster at the end of the season, the way this is going. But then, on the bright side, and it's very small silver lining, but it's a silver lining nonetheless. Another really nice game for Braden Mann. Five punts for 227 yards, 45.4 yard average per punt. And Sergio Castillo, in place of the injured Sam Thicken, the one field goal that he missed was not his fault at all. It was blocked. But the other three, he hit a 39-yarder, a 40-plus yarder, and a 55-yarder. He's looked really good the last two weeks, so maybe the Jets have found the keeper a kicker in an unlikely place. Yeah, it, he
3: has looked good, and that, that field goal from 55 looked like it was good by quite a bit. Mm-hmm. So that was that was impressive and borderline shocking <laughs> like <laughs> because it was so uncertain about, about what he was going to be just a couple weeks ago when you know, he was elevated from the practice squad uh, to fill in for Ficken. And I mean, he's already showed way more range than Ficken and, and accuracy in terms. Ficken is not accurate beyond 40 yards. Generally speaking, if you look back at, at how he's been with the jets, so they have a tough decision to make once Ficken gets healthy and that's going to be interesting and, and something to watch. Um. He just turned 30 today, so he's he's not young, but he's young enough to, to where he could potentially be the answer for a little while. So it's something they definitely have to think about. And I don't think uh, you'll see the Jets moving on from him, especially after what we saw today. And then yeah, with with Chris Herndon, man, it's it's rough. The Jets said basically the message we got from you know Joe Douglas and Adam Gase before the season was that chris herndon could be a game changer that was kind of the phrase they used and they basically said like yeah we didn't sign any big time proven weapons but chris herndon's coming back and that's like getting a big time weapon back from free agency or out of free agency and and really the way that this has worked out is the only game changing plays chris herndon has made is plays that help the jets lose he had a fumble in third quarter week one against buffalo that basically ended that game because it was in Buffalo territory or in Jets territory allowed Buffalo to go down and and basically take full command in the second half when the Jets could have gotten back into it. He had a drop against the Cardinals. I think he had a drop for a touchdown against the 49ers. And then today's fumble again, Jets are theoretically in the game. Um, If they can make something happen and he loses that ball and, that's basically the end of the game. I thought it was already over at that point, but I think with Herndon, we may have been, I mean, we're obviously fooled by what we saw as rookie year. A big part of his success during that rookie year was kind of the off schedule plays that he made with Darnold where things kind of went haywire because Darnold was scrambling. And that was when Darnold had enough confidence to, to make those plays. And that, Has been completely removed from the Jets' offense because they have it set up to the point where he won't—he doesn't throw the ball anymore when he's under pressure almost ever, or when he does, he makes a terrible decision. You you rarely see him scrambling around because of whatever the Jets' scheme is. They've basically kind of discouraged it, and so those plays aren't there to be made this year. And and Herndon's obviously—he's always—I think there's always been kind of questions about his hands, and there's always been. Um, questions about his effectiveness as a route runner, but it was kind of masked by the way the Jets played, especially late in that first season when Darnold was playing really free and, and being effective behind an offensive line that wasn't very good. But whatever the play calls are now, those opportunities aren't there, and, uh, and Herndon is basically a, a worthless player to the Jets. <laughs>
4: I hate to agree with you on that, Andy, but it's 100% true right now. By the way, on Castillo, I know he's 30 years old, but he's a kicker, so you don't have to be super young. Theoretically, you could kick well into your late 30s if you're effective. So if he can be the answer for the next couple of years, I would absolutely take it. I'm not saying that's the case, but he certainly looked good today. Let's talk about the news going on after the game, and it mostly revolved around Sam Darnold and Quentin Williams. Both guys seem to be banged up. Quinn and Williams actually left the game at one point. What do we know about those two guys and any other injuries?
3: So, yeah, Quinton Williams at third quarter left with a hamstring injury but came back into the game, and then at some point later in the game, I'm not sure exactly when he left the game. Adam Gates told us that afterward. He basically said that he's got a hamstring injury and they're going to evaluate it tomorrow. So no real information there. And then on the Sam Darnold injury, he took a hard hit in the third or early in the fourth quarter, um, scrambling on third and long. He could have slid, but he, but he didn't slide. Takes a big hit, and the, the initial hit wasn't what got him, but at the end of it, his right shoulder got driven into the ground, and of course that's the the shoulder he hurt week four against the Broncos on that on that brutal sack where he slammed into the ground shoulder first. So it was, it was, it would have been interesting if that had happened, not on third down because right away, Donald looked like he's in pain and he wasn't moving his, his shoulder at all. But by the time he got to the sideline, they weren't paying attention to him on the bench. Um, So that was the first sign that it might not be serious. Then he was throwing and then he came back in the game. Didn't miss a snap. Hard to tell how it affected his arm uh, after that because the Jets just didn't throw the ball much because they were out of the game. But um, it's something to watch going forward. Darnold said that he felt fine after the game. Fine was the the word he used several times. And um, he also said correctly that he needs to be smarter. Uh, the, The quote was, it was not a great decision by me. It was third and forever. And I tried to run for it. I've got to get down, man. It's not a great decision, but it, the shoulder is feeling fine. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I can't explain why he's doing that and why he's allowing himself to take that kind of hit, especially when he's still dealing with some soreness in that shoulder. Basically it's going to be, the jets are going to evaluate him going forward. That's, the, the official line and it's going to depend on how he wakes up feeling tomorrow morning and how he continues to feel as the week goes on. Uh, I think it's a little bit of a different situation than the Broncos game because there was probably some pain management involved when he went back into the locker room. I'm guessing he got an injection and that was why he was able to come back and, and throw so well against the, the Broncos and and then had an issue going forward because you can't inject them every day it just it doesn't work like that you can't inject them for every practice um but it's we're gonna have to find out what happens after a couple days and how he's feeling so i i wouldn't it's all speculation but i think anything is possible because you don't know how banged up the shoulder is and how it's going to react
0: with the lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere
2: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com.
3: No purchase necessary. BDW. Void were prohibited by
2: law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Play like a jet. Play like a jet.
4: Before we talk about what was said after the game to the press, let's also mention that there's one other silver lining to this, and that's that at least Le'Veon Bell, who the Jets are still paying, didn't come back to bite them in this game. He didn't do much. Yeah,
3: Le'Veon Bell finished with uh, six carries for seven yards and three catches for thirty one or thirty three. I can't remember which, but it was one of those two. Either way, not as bad as it could have been. Um, it looked early like this was gonna be a rough a rough deal for the Jets because on the second on the first drive I think it was their third play and Bell's second reception of the game or the sec- second touch of the game he goes 18 yards on a perfectly designed screen pass so you you could have seen where this would have got ugly and out of control for the Jets and where he could have gotten going but it just didn't happen after that the two most memorable plays of the game were on third and two in the first half Bell took a handoff up the middle and Franklin Myers absolutely blew it up stopped him for a three-yard loss never had a chance and then in the third quarter on fourth and one again uh, couldn't get the yard so look this was a humiliating day for the Jets in pretty much every way and and a a very big reminder of how far they have to go before they're good but it could have been worse if the guy who they signed to a big contract and was an absolute failure for them destroyed them while they're paying a salary so at least that didn't happen and and that would have made I mean the Jets, basically, the butt of the, the, the sports world, the, the butt of the joke for the sports world for the next week. And at least now it's just an embarrassing loss. It's not, you know, where we're, we're seeing Bell highlights of him running into the end zone for five times and, and everybody's talking about it. So at least the Jets have that going for them. But obviously, we're searching for the bright spots after this one.
4: Andy, you hit on Sam Darnold and some of what he said before regarding the injury, but he and Adam Gase both spoke after the game to the media. What did they have to say beyond the injury issue?
3: All right, so I'll start with Darnold. His basic thing was, you know, we're not executing. We're not getting the job done in the red zone. We're not getting it in the end zone, and it's hard to – it's hard to win games like that. And, and obviously that's the issue. I mean, I mean, going down or going back and talking about how they were able to move the ball so well, those first three drives, and then really had nothing else. In terms of why the jets started so fast and then weren't able to move the ball. He basically went back to like his generic answer. of I've got to get the ball out faster. I've got to, I've got to make better plays. Um, he also kind of talked about the mindset of the team he was asked if they were embarrassed by the point spread, which was kind of a weird question considering they'd already lost and the Chiefs had covered. And, and if it was something, you know, having a, a point spread that's basically historic and disrespectful, if that motivated the team. And he goes, uh, they beat us by more than 20, kind of making the point that it didn't really matter if they were embarrassed or not because it didn't matter. But, but he also added, so obviously we do look at it at a certain point we do think we're a better team than that, but we're not playing like it and we have to be better and we have to execute better. Everybody's just got to do their job better and that's really it. And yeah, that's part of it. And the other part of it is they don't have any margin for error because they don't have enough talent to have a margin for error. So anything short of their perfect game and they can't hang, they can't even hang with a good team. So it, it it can be true both ways. It, it is on execution and and being poorly coached, and that that hurts the Jets, but also the talent thing is an issue. And then with Adam Gase, uh, for me the most memorable quote of this was, he was asked about what what where the team is at at 0 and 8 halfway through the season, how they're feeling, and uh, like what can be salvaged for the rest of the year, and then Gase says. I'm doing this job to win, not out, not to go out there and get my face stomped in just like all the rest of these guys in this locker room. We'll go back to work on Monday. We'll get things corrected. And then when we start practice again, which will be on Thursday, um, I expect the same energy. So basically it's the same thing they say every week that they're going to get it fixed, but then they don't get it fixed. Uh, so yeah, we're in a kind of a vicious cycle with that, but I do, I do find it humorous and appreciate the head coach comparing a loss to being stomped against a curb. So <laughs> I will give Gaze credit for that. That's a good quote, and I
4: appreciate it. When you're at the point that. The head coach of a football team is so dejected that he's making curb stomping analogies. You know things have gone very, very wrong. I still think it's hilarious that somebody asked a question about the point spread after the game. That's a question you ask ...during the week in the lead-up to the game. After the game, seems like a strange question to ask. But I am curious to see what the point spread is going to be this coming Monday night... ...when the Jets take on the Patriots, who have also played very poorly. Although they did make a late run and almost took this one away from the Buffalo Bills... ...until Cam Newton fumbled on what could have been the game-tying or game-winning drive... If you want to bet on this Monday night's game against the Jets and the Patriots, there's only one place that you should do that, and that is at MyBookie. You can bet on the Jets and the Patriots or any of the rest of the full slate of games coming up in the NFL next week. You can bet on the full slate of games coming up in college football as well. There's mixed martial arts. There's boxing. Anything you want to bet on, it's all there at MyBookie. When you sign up at MyBookie, use the promo code OVERTIME and you can claim a deposit match dollar for dollar all the way up to 1000 bucks make the sporting events that you watch a payday for you with my bookie you get yourself a bonus to give you a little help and a head start you. on your winning season use promo code overtime and claim your deposit match dollar for dollar all the way up 2000 bucks with my bookie andy vasquez covering the jets For NorthJersey.com Thanks so much for coming on As always really appreciate it Jets are now 0-8 and as I said They are headed to a Monday night showdown With the New England Patriots Who would have thought that it would be the 0-8 Jets Versus the 2-5 New England Patriots on Monday night football Somehow I don't think The nation is going to be captivated by this one I could be wrong, Andy, you're going to be writing plenty in the lead up to this game about the Jets and the Patriots, you're going to also be putting a bow on what happened with the Chiefs, all the news that's coming up this week involving Sam Darnold, Quinn Williams, the potential returns of Jamison Crowder and Brashad Perriman, so much more over at NorthJersey.com, you can get access to most of Andy's material for free, but for only 99 cents a month, you get everything that Andy puts out, and All the rest of the material, that's over at NorthJersey.com, which is awesome because there's some great local journalism there. So you should definitely go to NorthJersey.com. And when they do, Andy, what are they going to see?
3: Well, you can read about kind of what this game told us about the difference between the Chiefs and the Jets, which obviously we know. But um, just some of the stats in there are pretty incredible. And I won't give it away, but it it speaks to how – Poorly, the Jets have played and how little talent they have, and how the situation is the opposite in Kansas City. Uh, we're going to look at some of the younger guys going forward with a rookie report card. I think the Jets had at least five, maybe six rookies who played a meaningful role today. So that is something that obviously we want to focus on now because at 0 8, the Jets are obviously not going to have a winning season. They're going to have a losing season and they're not going to go to the playoffs for the 10th straight year. So The focus is on the future and we'll be doing plenty of that at NorthJersey.com this week and for the rest of the season.
4: Make sure that you read Andy's work at NorthJersey.com and follow him on Twitter at Andy underscore Vasquez. If you haven't given us a five-star review on iTunes yet, if you could go ahead and do that for us, really appreciate it. Easy way to help out the show if you like what we're doing. Doesn't take you much time, doesn't cost you any money, but it goes a long way to help us out. So if you could go ahead and do that for us, we'd be quite grateful. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com.
3: plus